Our first reading today is taken from Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8 to 9. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you, and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonour the name of my God. The second reading is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 33. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is life not more than food, and the body not more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how the God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Our third reading is from John chapter 6, verse 48 to 51. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Thank you very much and a welcome. Welcome if you've joined us since we started. Can I add my welcome to Claire's? It's wonderful to see you all here this Tuesday lunchtime. I know it was a particularly busy day uh, in the house today. It's great to see you. We are um, in the middle of a series on the Lord's Prayer, as Claire said, and Jesus has been teaching us how to pray. And he's been teaching us that the first thing to do when we pray is to look at God and not look at ourselves. Uh, Jesus has been teaching us that prayer is not about getting something but it's actually getting to know someone. A God who is holy, a God uh, whose kingdom is now and forever, as we learned last week, and a God whose will is perfect. And yet, amazingly, he's a God who's also our Father, who we can call our Father, who loves us unconditionally, who knows our every need, and he's always ready to hear us. And it's because of who God is, it means that prayer is not an act of telling God about needs that he doesn't know about and sort of nagging him to try and do something. God God already knows what his will is for the world and what his people need. Prayer is actually asking God to do what he's already promised to do in the Bible, what his will is. And that that same structure is reflected, actually, when you look at the Lord's Prayer itself. Because did you notice the whole first half of the prayer 
is all about God and who God is. And it's only when we know who God is that we can start praying according to who he is and what his will is. And today we're going to start looking at how we can pray for ourselves in the light of who God is and what we know his will is. And it's in the second half of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus teaches us the priority things to pray for ourselves. And, and there are three petitions that come, it's in reading four on your sheets, that come in that second half of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus tells us to pray for God's provision for our daily needs, our daily physical needs particularly. Uh, we should also pray for God's pardon for our sins. And, and the third P is that we should pray for God's protection from evil. And today we're just going to look at that first P for God's provision. Give us this day our daily bread. And the first thing I want us to notice about that first petition is that Jesus teaches us to pray for our needs. Our needs. He teaches us to pray for our daily bread. Now in first century Palestine, bread was the staple food. This is a simple command to pray for the daily provision of our food. And in that second passage from Matthew 6, you can see that Jesus expands this uh, defi definition a bit wider to include water and clothing uh, as well in our daily needs in verse 31. So we should understand this prayer for daily bread in the Lord's Prayer as a, a kind of catch-all summary for our daily needs. Jesus teaches that it's right to pray for our daily needs. And, and in verse 33 of our second reading again, he promises that God will answer this prayer from the one who is seeking him and seeking his kingdom. Now, I don't know about you, but I, the first the person who comes to mind as soon as we start talking about this is the Ukrainian Christian right at this moment. What does it mean for them right now and for us in the future when we're facing hardship and dangers to, to pray for our daily bread? Because many Ukrainian Christians right now will be preparing to fight, many will be refugees uh, or hiding in underground car parks sheltering from bombardment. Surely this command to pray for daily bread and the promise that God will meet their needs in that moment it is a vital, comforting truth to them right now. Because their future at the moment is utterly uncertain. They don't know how God is going to provide for their needs. But they know that God has promised that he will meet their needs. And one way that God has already promised that he will meet his people's needs is actually through us, you know, the love and care of other Christians. The New Testament is full of commands to love and care for all people and especially the family of God. And already there are churches and countries surrounding Ukraine who are providing food and shelter to those uh, fleeing the conflict. And we can send financial support to those churches. And if you want to find out more about that afterwards, please come and have a chat to me. Let's, let's us, we here today, be part of the answer to how God answers those prayers of the Ukrainian uh, Christians in their hour of need. So first, I think this prayer should be a comfort to, to many 
that God will supply uh, their needs in their, uh, in their moment of need. But second, I think this prayer also comes as a challenge to many of us who live, frankly, very comfortable lives in stable and affluent countries. The average 21st century Westerner living today is, is wealthy to, to a degree unimaginable to any other human being who's ever lived in the history of the world. Our daily provision of food and basic needs is so bountifully and easily supplied that it doesn't even occur to us that this is an amazing provision. It comes straight from the supermarket and we don't really think about it. We take it for granted. So easily forget that despite the, um, the modern technology of, of farm, farming and food, press, food processing, it still requires water, soil, air and sun to actually make a wheat plant grow. And all those four elements are an outright gift to us. We didn't invent them. Albert Einstein once said, there are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. And the daily food that we eat is an everyday miracle. This prayer is a challenge to us, I think. I wonder, when did you last pray to God to provide your daily bread, your daily needs, and really mean it? Have you stopped praying for daily bread because, frankly, you take it for granted? It's a really humbling prayer to pray this. It reminds us that we're not independent creators, but actually we're dependent creatures, dependent upon the daily provision of God for everything that we have. So perhaps we need to regain some humility in our prayers. Perhaps it's time we started praying to God for our daily bread and daily thanking him for what he's already given us. So Jesus uh, teaches his disciples to pray to our Father for our daily needs. And secondly, this means that we are not to pray for our greeds. That's why we had those verses from Proverbs 30 read uh, in reading 1, because it looks like Jesus is quoting directly from those verses when he uses the words daily bread. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Now we've already seen that Jesus doesn't teach his followers to pray for poverty as if there's something good about poverty. But neither does he tell his disciples to pray for riches and comfort either. Because the acquisition of more than our daily needs comes with grave spiritual dangers attached. Look at verse 9 of Proverbs 30 again. It, it spells it out for us. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? And we, we know that happens, don't we? Wealth and possessions give us this, this ability to sort of shape our lives how we want a lot of the time. They give us a certain sense, at least, of independence and power. And they can easily lead us to think, I've achieved all this through my own wisdom, hard, hard work, virtue. Who is the Lord? I don't, I don't, I don't need God. In the, in the middle of the American Civil War, on March the 30th, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln made a proclamation 
to the United States of America. And in the proclamation, he declared that the country was tearing itself apart in civil war because it had forgotten God. And he called them in that moment to a national day of repentance, of fasting and prayer with these words. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue, all of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. Now, has this happened to you? Because all of us here today are wealthy by global standards. Have riches and comfort subtly led you to think that you're the master of your fate and the captain of your soul? Have you forgotten God and become too proud to pray? There's a reason why Jesus teaches, uh, teaches us not to pray for comfort and riches, because they're spiritually dangerous. They lead us to say to ourselves, who is, who is the Lord? So if you are a prayer, it's worth stopping to think, what are you praying for at the moment? Over the past month or over the past year, what are the things that you pray for most? And are, are they your needs or are they your greeds, as it were? Now, perhaps there have been some prayers that we've been praying for a long time, and they seem to go unanswered by God. And sometimes these can be good prayers for our needs, but God is saying, wait, now is not the right timing. But there are other times when those prayers go unanswered because we're asking for things that God has simply not promised to give us. He doesn't promise to give us comfort prosperity or an easy life. So don't be discouraged if some prayers appear to go unanswered. Instead ask yourself honestly, is this a need or a greed for me? Jesus wants us to pray for our needs, not our greeds. But the question, how, how do we do that in practice? How do we get to a place where God's promise of daily bread, of giving us what we need, is actually enough for us. Well, this just brings me to our third point as I close. We should pray to know the bread of eternal life. Let me read those words from John chapter 6 again in our third reading on your service sheets. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. 
He says to the Jewish leaders who are listening to him in that moment, your fathers, the Israelites, were miraculously provided for in physical bread every day. And that was amazing. But they still died eventually. But what I'm telling you now is that I can give you bread that will last into eternity. In other words, if you believe in me, you will live forever. You see, we actually we seek wealth and comfort because we think they're going to satisfy us. But we know, actually, from our experience that they don't. They always leave us wanting more. And Jesus here, in these amazing words, offers us a bread that truly satisfies and that lasts forever. He offers us the, the joy of knowing the love and forgiveness of the God who made us. The joy of, of knowing real lasting purpose and meaning in this life. And, and, and also the glorious hope to look forward to of eternal life in a perfect new creation. You see, I, I think the more and more that we taste of this, this soul-satisfying eternal bread, the more and more bland and tasteless the bread of the temporary bread of riches and comfort will become. And the more then we'll be able to pray for our needs and not our greeds. So as we close, why don't we pray together for God's help that we might do that. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the daily bread you give us. And please forgive us for how easily we we take it for granted. Please give your people who are suffering, particularly those in Ukraine and the surrounding region at this moment, what they need. And please may we be the means by which you supply their needs. Please help us also to see the deceitfulness of wealth and return to you in humble dependence. Please help us to taste that soul-satisfying eternal bread of heaven through belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And all these things we ask in his name. Amen.